We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have Sean Cornwall on the program today. He is a seasoned educator and administrator dedicated to delivering top-notch education to all of his learners. He embraces a well-rounded approach to education, focusing on academic, engineering, artistic, wellness, and social-emotional aspects. With a 20-year background in education, he has served as assistant principal, dean of students, elementary level classroom teacher. He is currently serving as an assistant principal in the Issaquah School District in Washington. He has a knack for incorporating technology into learning environments and successfully developed STEM programs during his career. With a master's degree in educational leadership and a principal's license, he's also an active member of ASED and AWSEP and has contributed to STEM conferences and the NSTA's Science Scope Journal. Apart from his professional life, Sean is a devoted husband and father to four wonderful children ages 7 to 17. And in his spare time, he loves designing and playing board games, which we're probably not going to get to in this episode, but uh, may be <laughs> a separate idea for us to talk about crafting delicious sourdough bread, and catching the latest films at the movies. Sean, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jethro. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. And uh, first, tell us about what you think is most valuable that people should get out of this conversation today. It's administrators. You've got to take care of your own professional development, your own self, and your own goals and learning. Um they're going to need to know that connecting with kids is vitally important and, you know, that choosing that one thing that's going to best help you get done what you need to do. Um, you got to make a decision. You got to choose what it is and then do that thing. Hold yeah. yourself accountable. Yeah, very good. And so those things that you're talking about are from our conversation about the move up workshop that I've designed mm -hmm. for assistant principals that you attended already. And so if you're considering attending that, I invite you to check it out at workshop.transformativeprinciple.com. 
There's a link to that in the show notes as well, but that is a really powerful workshop that I personally think everybody should attend. The thing that I thought was most, that was great about our conversation that people are going to hear about is about being an intervention expert and what that really means. And that's more Mm -hmm. towards the end of the conversation. So I look forward to having people listen to that part and hear your thoughts on being an intervention expert, because that's really powerful. We're going to get to this interview with Sean here in just a second. And just a reminder, if you want to check out the workshop for assistant principals and aspiring administrators, that's at workshop.transformativeprincipal.com. And here's my interview with Sean. Sean, what was most valuable to you from the Move Up workshop that you attended with me? There were actually a couple things, thinking back to it, that have stuck with me. I mean, it's been actually a while since we went, since we were together, but I think the biggest one was about, well, there were two. The first one was probably around evaluations and like just aligning myself with my principal in terms of her values, her mission, what, what are her goals in the building? And then having those kind of be part of the evaluation, which, which was huge, partly because our district right now is going, we just got a new superintendent. And so we are going through this giant district strategic planning and looking at our mission and vision and goals for our whole school district, which is huge. And that's an undertaking that mm, too much for me. Right. But from a building level, (laughs) uh, you know, that's definitely something I can tackle. And then, you know, just piggybacking on whatever the principal is wanting to do. So that's been super helpful because that's also been as a new administrator this year has been a goal of mine evaluations, right? I haven't done those up until this point and I've got a lot of other experience, but going in and, and then evaluating teachers is new. Right. And some of it's unclear. It's like, well, what do I focus on? What do I talk about? What do I, what are the things that I pick out that I want to talk with that teacher or, or help them. And so having that goal, that I'm aligning myself with the principal and her mission and vision has been huge and helpful for me going in and doing those evaluations and and helping teachers to succeed. Yeah. Sean, can you share a little bit more about what that means to align yourself to her vision for the school as it relates to observations and evaluations? Back to the vision. There there are several pieces to it, but the one that I picked out that kind of would help me to align with the principal was that the vision is of our, that our staff will become intervention experts, right? And so now going into the classrooms, it's like, well, how are they? How are teachers doing that? How are you becoming an intervention expert in the classroom? And then I can bring that back. We have conversations together with myself and the principal, and then we focus this year on small group instruction. What does that look like as a staff, right? And in that, we're becoming better intervention experts in the classrooms, and so that just super. Um, focused my evaluations on that piece. And it's been huge. It's been super helpful. Yeah. We did this, uh, you know, more than halfway through the year, mm-hmm. the first half of the year, what were your observations looking like before you had attached it to the vision? Uh, they were very rubric based, which is good, right? Cause you want to be able to observe and be factual about what's what you're observing in the classroom. But because of that, they, be, they were kind of robotic and, um, not super focused and not maybe even helpful for teachers, right? They would read it and be like, okay, I read it and I'm reading it as the rubric. I hit all those pieces and I'm proficient. 
yay, right? <laughs> so it, it, it became that. Now it's more of a, a conversation around like, well, how are you doing this? How are you helping to, you know, become an intervention expert as a teacher? And then it's a conversation, right? But it still hits those pieces in the rubric, right? It still hits those pieces that the Danielson framework is looking for, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's been a flip, really. Well, what I think is so powerful about taking this different approach is that you, the way that you talk with people, the way that you interact with them changes, and now you have a different way of approaching it with them, which I think is really cool. So how has your feedback changed and your responses from teachers changed after you've aligned to the vision on your observations? I think it's more authentic for sure, because it's no longer, I mean, I'm still providing that rubric, but it's authentic in terms of, you know, here's what I see, you know, and this is, these are maybe some things that you could change or do differently, or these are some things we need to really celebrate and maybe share with your colleagues because, you know, it's, it's a great way that you're doing this intervention or whatever that might, might be. And it, I think it becomes a more productive conversation. And I think teachers appreciate it more because that's what they want, right? I, I think teachers, they want to be better teachers, right? And providing that feedback in a way that truly helps them is, is what they want. It's what they're looking for. So I think that that's how it's really changed because before it was like, they'd be like, well, what can I do better? I'm like, well, let's look at the rubric and we'll go, you know, and we'll go through here. Right. Um, We'll go. It was, that was kind of my response. Like, let's go back and look at the rubric. Let's go back and look at the rubric. And now it's, it's, well, how are you working to become an intervention expert? Right. And that's maybe not necessarily a term that I'm using right now, but definitely will be as we move forward. Well, what I think is so cool about this is that, Danielson was driving the instruction in your building before, and now your vision for the school is driving your instruction. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important distinction because Danielson's not in your school and doesn't know what's going on and is creating a rubric for thousands of teachers across the country to be able to use to say, this is good teaching, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. take into account the context and the, the experiences of your actual school. And that makes a big difference for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely more real than it was before. Yeah. So when when we did the workshop, I gave everybody a task, which was to have a one thing, a small domino that can knock over a bunch mm-hmm. of other things. What was your one thing and how did it help your your leadership, your school be better? Mm-hmm. Uh Well, I it took me a while, I think, to, to kind of figure out the one thing. Cause there's always a million things, right. That it's That's like, right. Oh, I do all of this, right. There's a million <laughs> things every day that I just get involved in. And one of the pieces that I kept going back to was our behavior data and like things that I do a lot, right. I go through our behavior data and I'm on our tiered teams and all of the, all of the conversations that I'm having, the biggest areas that we see um, in those, in those areas and with behavior is our lunchroom recess and classroom right and so my thought was like well, what could i do what's the one thing that i could do to then help that because i spend a lot of time then reacting right teachers are sending me students or the paris from the playgrounds are sending me students and so then i'm meeting with you know like what can i do to help cut off some of that right and to be a little more proactive and so i you know my one thing was i need to be in the lunchroom and the play and the playground and originally it was like i'm going to be at every lunch and every lunch recess, right? That was my that was my overall plan. 
Well, then the logistics of that was, uh-huh. I, I don't have time to do, I mean, that would be awesome, right? If I could do that every day. But the reality is that I, I really can't. And so I narrowed it down to, I'm going to be in one lunch every day. So then I picked the same lunch. So for a week, I'm in the first, fourth lunch, right? Every day. And then the next week, I'm in the two, three, or and then the next week after that, right? So every day I'm in that same lunch period or recess. Then the biggest thing was putting it on my calendar and telling somebody that I'm doing it because <laughs> if it's not on my calendar, then it's not happening, right? So so that's that's actually what I did. I put it on my calendar and I told my principal and I told the pairs that this is what I'm going to do and that they can expect to see me. Now, has it been 100%? No, right? But I feel like I'm out there more. I'm able to help students before behaviors get escalated mm-hmm. to the point where they're coming to see me. I'm being seen more. I'm able to help support our paras. They're able to see me and how I'm handling conflict and and things on the playground. So there's instruction that's happening and modeling. And there, you know, I've had paras come up to me like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I was able to kind of see how you handle that because you know, X, Y, and Z, because I wanted to, now they can go off and do it themselves, right? And so I'm helping to support out there. So there's like tons of things that are happening just by being in that one, you know, 20, 30 minute block that mm-hmm. I put into my schedule every day. Am I going to see less behavior? Maybe. I don't know that, I don't know, you know, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but if anything, I'm helping to cut off a lot of that. Kids are seeing me, teachers are out there seeing what I'm doing and helping and and, and modeling all of those behaviors as well. So, yeah, it's very great. fascinating. What's really cool about this idea of a one thing is that you can make this thing, the thing that you have to get done every single day. And so your mindset about it changes that like, this is my only important thing today. And mm-hmm. you and I both know that there's a lot of other things that, that can be going on and can be happening. And that's, uh, that's, that's all well and good. But the thing that I think is really important is that recognizing that by getting that one thing done, you're making an impact that you can, you can at least experience for yourself, even if it may not be obvious that some things are happening. So what are some things that is, that have happened that have made your one thing worthwhile and made you say, yes, this was a good thing for me to do? I think I shared just a little bit of one where having a pair of professional who was out there with me observing what I was doing in the moment with a student that was having a difficulty uh, or, you know, conflict between a couple of students. And she was able to see me as I walked through and just talked to the kids. Hey, what's going on? Tell me about what's happening. Well, gosh, let's so-and-so let's bring them over here and let's have a conversation. So then I bring them together and we have a conversation. We try and figure out the whole story and, and have them help them come up with a solution. And she was able to stand right there by me and see me model that conversation and that intervention really. And then, okay, great. That's you guys made a decision. Now let's go do it. And then off they went and they went and, you know, did their thing. And she was able to say, wow, Sean, this, thank you for doing that. I mean, it's really nice that I could see that because I half the time I'm like, do better <laughs> and then expect that they'll do better. And so it was, it was super helpful to be out there and then for her to be able to see that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one piece. I've also had just connecting with kids while I'm out there, right? Students that that I don't see, right? Because t- typically I see kids that are struggling or need extra support. And so being able to connect with students that don't necessarily get to see me in that capacity, right? And making connections with students, you know, whether it's just playing a game with them and knowing that they're supported as well has been huge. 
Yeah, for sure. So if, as you know, uh, I ran this workshop with you, I'm running it virtually online uh, next month. What would you say if someone were considering attending this workshop, what would be your advice to them? Hmm. Go. <laughs> I think um, when when we started the, the conversation um, at the conference, one of the biggest things that that you said was that me, I am in charge of my own professional growth and may, you know, that, that as an assistant principal, you know, I hate to say it, nobody else is going to take care of my professional growth, but me, right. You know, I think lots of good intentions, but it really does come down to me and, and taking that time to do my own professional development, you know, sign up for some things and go to it. Uh, it was awesome because as a, as a, as assistant principals within Issaquah school district, we kind of all rallied together and said, Hey, let's go do this. Talk to our principals and said, Hey, this is something that we all would like to do. And they were super supportive of it and said, absolutely. Let's get you to go. And we were all able to, I think minus one, one person wasn't able to go, uh, but everybody went right. And we yeah. were able to then collaborate as a team, which we don't ever get to do right. And as assistant principals. And so we were able to talk about what are we experiencing? What are we seeing? And I think that is the biggest thing. If you are thinking about going to something like this, I go because you got to take care of yourself. You got to, you got to take care of your own professional development and have that, those moments. And we, it was two days, right? A day and a half of time to just talk. And so we were able to get past all of the superficial stuff like, Oh, I think, you know, and then we really yeah. got into it. had to continue conversations. Oh my gosh. I was thinking about this last night, our conversation yesterday, and then we kept the conversation going and it brought us together. And I met many, many people as well mm -hmm. throughout the state that I was yeah. able to connect with. So let's talk uh, a little bit changing gears about mm -hmm. what has happened in your life that has enabled you to be a great administrator. Hmm. You're assuming that I'm a great administrator, Jethro. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Um, I think one of the things is other great administrators, right? Where I'm still in contact with all of my previous principals, right? The, the people that I've worked for, um, who are supportive of me, of my goals and what I wanted to do and being able to connect with them. They've, they've, you know, they've given and provided me experiences that have made me who I am. And I, also made a decision. I got my degree way back in 2008, a long time ago, and for you know my administrative degree. And then I decided at that point I was like, well, I'm just going to stay in the classroom for a little bit longer. Like I got a, I mean, I'd been in the classroom for four or five years, and I'm like, I just, how am I supposed to lead somebody if I if I don't know what they're doing, right? And so I was in the classroom for an, you know an additional ten years after that, right? until I felt like, all right, now, now I'm ready. Right. I've got some experience. And so then when I go and I talk with, with teachers, I can really say, I know, <laughs> I know I've done that for 15 years. I know exactly what you're experiencing and being able to build those relationships with people uh, because I've done the work that they have done. And that's not to say that people who go into administration quickly are, are, are not as great as I am. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, for me, that I think that has been a huge piece for me in in developing into who I am and the leader that I am today is is that teaching experience and then all of the other leaders that kind of just 
opened the gates and said, go for it, try that, do that. Um, what do you think, Sean? Uh, and, and gave me a voice in that capacity. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because we were standing on the shoulders of giants, no matter what we're doing, but especially as we are leaders and growing ourselves, we learn from the people who have taught us things. Um, can you share a story of one of those administrators who really helped you at any point in your career or life, someone who inspired you to to be your best and, and made it possible for you to um, to step into your own leadership ability? So I used to teach uh, in the Fort Collins area at the Pooter School District in Colorado and uh, worked for a principal there, uh, Mary Kay Summers, if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, she, um, she did just that, right. She gave me opportunities. And at the time, this was way back when STEM was just a, you know, an acronym that nobody even knew what it meant. And she came to me and said, Hey, you know what? This is a new thing. She was actually just, um, she just finished her time as the national association of elementary school principals president and so she was back in the building but she was still traveling a little bit and she had just come back saying this is the new thing right and we need to uh this is something our school i believe needs to do how are we going to do that and she gave me a lot of opportunities at that time to to lead um and whether that was defining what stem was what did that mean for our school creating content creating um lesson plans around stem lessons um she she gave that to me she opened the gates for me and just kind of let me let me go with kind of what i thought and just leaned on you know my opinions and took those into consideration for sure she led the whole ship she did she was she was taking it but she i felt like she really listened to me trusted what i was saying um and gave me those opportunities and you know the school is the stem school and it still is today and that was Gosh, that was 2012 by the time, you know, it was oh. 10, 10 years ago, right? And they're still running strong over there, right? And I, I follow the school, right? So being able to look back and see the work that I did alongside her, you know, that yeah. that's, that's the stuff that keeps me going. Yeah. What was her name again? Mary Kay Summers. Mary Kay Summers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, sounds like she'd be a great guest on the podcast also. Oh so, my gosh, she would be fantastic. She's a retired principal now, but she's that's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, retired people mm. still have a lot to give. Oh, so. yeah, I'm sure she she does. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um, okay, so let me ask you another question. Um, mm -hmm. in your school, what are some of the things that are exciting about what you're doing? You talked a little bit about being an intervention. Um, every teacher is an intervention specialist. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if I got that right or not, but. Um, but that's yeah. basically yeah. the idea. Yeah. What is it about that that you think is so powerful right now and so worth devoting your time and energy to? And what are some examples of ways that that's working out well for you guys? I think that intervention specialist, the whole idea is is meeting students where where they need and what they need, right? Where oftentimes teachers get into, well, I got to teach this content, I got to teach this lesson, and I got to get through it all, right? I got to get through all the district required curriculum. Where if you stop and you step back and you say, I'm going to be an intervention specialist, that means you're looking at what do students need? What skills are they lacking? And then how am I going to get them 
to develop those skills, right? That's the, that's the art of teaching, right? That's, that's the magic. And sometimes we lose sight of that because we're so focused on at no fault of any teacher, right? But they get focused on the, I got to just get this done, right? I have a list of things that I need to do and they miss out on the, those opportunities to help students with the skills that they truly need. So by focusing on, you know, like a small group, like we're doing it at our school, focusing on small groups allows you to, especially if it's skills-based, what skills do these students need? And then I'm going to pull these students and I'm going to work on those skills. That's where the real learning is going to happen, right? That Because you're filling those, the need of those, the skills that those students need. Um, but not everybody's excited about that because it maybe goes against, uh, well, I got to get this done, right? It goes against that natural tendency to just, I've got a list of things, I got to get it done. Um, but I have seen many teachers that have, you know, been working with a small group uh, on a basic skill and students are getting it, they're understanding. And then that, that whole excitement, that, that idea of like, you know, the sparks, you know, the light turned on and you saw this thing happen with a student that, that we say in the world of education. Right. But I've seen it happen, right. In those small groups and they're just working on basic skills, but that's what the kids need. Right. And so I think by asking teachers to become intervention specialists or intervention experts, right. Like, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's the art of teaching, right? How do we help them learn the skills that they need to move on? And, and, you know, I'm probably, I'm probably more excited about it than my teachers. And, you know, if they were listening to this, it'd be like, Sean, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're way more excited about it than we are, but you know, that's what it's got to be. Right. Yeah. Well, what I think is so cool about it is that you're saying that your job is not just to dispense intervention or dispense information, but your job is to ensure that the kids learn what they need to learn. And mm -hmm. taking that as a different approach, I think, is a really powerful thing. Um, some teachers don't like that, right? That that makes sense. They want to mm -hmm. just, you know, do their thing and and it's up to the kids to to figure out whether or not they learn it. And, you know, the learning mm -hmm. is the responsibility of the student, which we've heard many times. How do you respond to that type of a thing? If somebody's pushing back a little bit, what do you say to help them see the value in doing this different approach? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that I have a great answer for that. Partly because most of the staff are willing and able and want to do that, right? Especially if you presented it in a way like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, when we did start talking about small groups, we did have a lot of teachers that were like, oh my gosh, you're going to come in and watch me and you're going to, I'm not ready. And it's like, you know what? We're just dipping our feet. We're just dipping our feet, right? Just do something. And then let, and then we can, ch we can chat about it. We can talk about what's going well and where you want to change and what you want to do different. And so I think from that standpoint, it's trying to just be a supportive role, right? what what are you willing to do and have that conversation if you're not willing to do this well let's what are you willing to do and then let's try that and see how it goes right and and slowly building up their craft and and the the teacher skills to become that intervention expert and 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 meet with those kids and and work on those skills so um i haven't really had huge pushback but you know that's that's kind of been my approach though for those that were a little hesitant or worried that I was going to come in and watch them do this small group it's just been a coaching role of like hey let's just try something what are you willing to do and 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 let's give it a try and we can talk about it very good uh, my last question is what is one thing that a, 
uh, an aspiring principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? Oh man, get out of your office, get out of the office and get out to the playground, be with kids, uh, be in the lunchroom, you know, um, connecting with those kids that don't necessarily see you in, you know, in various capacities because they're always following the rules. They're always doing what they're supposed to. And so they don't, so getting out of the office and, and connecting with kids will transform any principle, I believe. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for your participation in the workshop. And if you are listening to this and want to check out the workshop as well, go to workshop.transformativeprinciple.com and you can learn more about that there. Uh, thanks again, Sean. Appreciate you being here. This has been the Authority Podcast, hosted by Ross Romano, edited by Gage Sanderson. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.